Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast. I'm Simon Chaskowski. Shortly I'll be joined by Caleb Peterson when we break down all the sports-related news, rumors, and drama that you want to hear about. Both me and Caleb totally forgot to record an intro when we record this. So this is me while editing, just getting her done. This week, In this week's episode, we talked about the NHL trade deadline, the PWHL changing both its draft and playoff rules, as well as the MLB uniform controversies and some court storming to end it all off. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, all the other places I have on this list, YouTube, Fresh Take Network, TikTok, all of those fun places. And stick around as we have a very entertaining episode coming up right now. In just over a week's time, we will be having the NHL trade deadline, and although the names on this list are not anything necessarily too shiny, we'll be talking about it anyway and getting into where they might be going and all of that. And the nice thing is we'll be starting right up at the top with Noah Hannafin, the Calgary boy who has been rumored to be on the move for almost the entire season because of the fact that he is an unrestricted free agent. Calgary most likely does not want to bring him back is what everybody's been saying. Caleb, I'm kind of curious on just what you think on this entire thing as a whole, because I don't know if I remember what your opinion is was on whether the Flames should move him in the first place. I mean, it was always more of a, he was always more of the guy where I was a little bit more on the fence, where I'm like, if you're able to bring him back, like it, it I think it comes down to what Hannafin wants. If Hannafin wants to be back in Calgary, like you're not going to trade him. Then you'll, I think he's, he's one of the guys where it's okay to resign him. He's younger than, because we were looking at Tanev and Lindholm. Um, those two were a little bit more like, yeah, like they're either on down years and probably not going to come back. Hannafin was the one where it's like, if he wants to come back, I'm totally okay with not trading him and keeping him. Um, but definitely like, I, I know there was, it was kind of up in the air in terms of whether he'd come back. That was the one thing that my kind of opinion was resting on. Um, but I'm sure Craig Conroy has to know at this point because we're getting so close to the trade deadline. And if he knows that he's not coming back, he should be finding a deal pretty quick. Because um, I mean, that, that, that's all you can do with these these free agents. And it's just about trying to get as much value for these guys as you possibly can before you lose them for free. So I mean, Hannafin, Hannafin I think would be, Tanev is also obviously, um, Essentially, that we he just got traded yesterday as of recording. That's obviously a huge loss. I think Hannafin may even be bigger in terms of, um, at least with Tanev, you know, he's aging and it's not like he's going to be a part of this team's future. Hannafin, there was potentially a chance for that. Um, so I think it may even be a bigger loss in that regard. But um, yeah, I'm thinking when I when I look at Hannafin, um, if he, I know there there was debates on whether he'd come back or not. There was worries about um, him telling Craig Conroy in time. As soon as Craig knows whether he's coming back or not, it should be, um, it should be time for him to pull the trigger. I don't know what kind of return he's going to get though. Hopefully more than he got for Tanner. Yeah, and that has been the biggest part of that conversation is the fact that. Obviously, with Tanov, you only got a second, you only got a third, and a prospect who I do not remember the name of off the top of my head, but I remember he was, I believe, 20 forward, or... No, he was a defenseman. He was a defenseman, more physical style, not necessarily the prospect a lot of Flames fans were looking for, because I think that a lot of people wanted us to get Stanko- Stankoven? Stankoven. There was, yeah, there, there was no way. There was no way, but that was a rumor for a bit that I have a funny feeling was started by 
Flames fans, not Dallas fans. <laughs> Either way, there I'm was not no too way mad. That was ever gonna happen. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't disagree. I was never too hopeful on that one. But I think um, I'm overall pretty happy with their return because the one comment I always I kept seeing as well, which is a very good way to look at it, is would you have rather get a second and a third and that prospect, or would you have rather kept Tanev? And I love Tanev. I like the whole time he's been on the Flames. I've thought that he's been a huge part of why this team was successful when it was successful, because I think that he's such a very underrated defenseman on that side of the puck, where he's one of the best defensive defensemen, and he has been for ten years. But uh, obviously, he is aging. He, uh, I think, tr- I think imagining that you were going to get a first round pick for him was kind of out of the question a little bit, but. Nonetheless, you got what you got, right? Now, we're looking at somebody who you can get a first-round pick for, almost without a doubt. If you can get a, a second and a third for Tanev, you're getting a first-round pick for Hannafin. I think that actually shows exactly how much you could potentially get for Hannafin. I'm more just curious about where you're, you would send him. Because one part of Hannafin's no-trade clause is that he has an eight-team no-trade list, is what I'm reading. So that most likely means that you can't really trade him to somewhere bad. Or it has to yeah. be a contender. Which, obviously when you're trading to a contender, salary cap starts to become a worry. So the Flames would either have to take somebody back who obviously has a little bit of cap to them, or they would have to retain again, but after retaining 50% of Tanev, you got to wonder what, how interested the Flames would be in doing that again. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I think it may be uh, a cost you have to pay in terms of retaining the salary. Because, I mean, it's not like the Flames need that salary cap space now anyways because their deal ends at the end of this year. Like, I don't think that's the biggest concern. I think if they have to retain the salary, they will. Um, in terms of where he's going to go, it would be... I mean, the number one place that comes to mind would be a place where they would definitely have to retain the salary for it to work, and that's probably Toronto. Um because, I, I mean, that was the that was the fit for Tanev that people were looking at. Because they just need defensemen. And obviously, Bradford living there, like, he's got history with Hannafin. Like, he probably probably would like to bring him back. I believe he was the one who brought him into Calgary in the first place. Um, so that would be a good destination. Um, that, yeah, that, that's, the number one, that's the number one spot that floats in at the top of my head. I don't know if you've got any other potential destinations for him. Well, that's kind of the odd thing with this one. This move in particular is the fact that I honestly don't. I don't really ha- see his name floating around with any other teams. And the ones that I have seen have been kind of jumbled all over the place since the, when this all started at the beginning of the year. It almost feels like people are just throwing out names and hoping they're right. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I think the one... The one crazy thing about this entire thing is, and this came out back when we were trying to trade Markstrom, but the Flames have only retained salary cap, I believe, two times since Murray Edwards bought the team. One of them is the Chris Tanev trade, which a lot of people originally thought was the issue with with the Markstrom trade to New Jersey, which caused that to fall apart. And now I think... In my head, that's why I'm wondering whether retaining salary cap would be an issue with Noah Hannafin. I guess the one nice thing is the fact that for the rest of this season, I mean, it would only be for one year. I yeah, guess it's not. Really and and here's and here's the thing: like if if 
if retaining cap is the one thing that's keeping you from making a deal, then you're just going to have to pay out more of the salary anyways. If you keep them, they're going to have to pay the full salary instead of whatever it is, like half. Like, th th that's just is so stupid to me. Like, I don't think that's going to be the decision maker. And they probably don't do it that often just because if they find other deals where they don't have to, they'll take that. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that should ever be a priority for a team when making a trade. Like, I think if you're a bad team like the Flames, I mean, three game, four game winning streak aside, like like the Flames are right now, if you're a rebuilding team, like you, you take retaining salary is a great strategy to get more from teams. Um, you, you use it as a bargaining chip to get more prospects, more picks, whatever you can you can get for that because if if retaining salary is the one thing that's the difference between making a Hennepin trade go through and making it not go through then you've got to do it I know they don't do it very often but I feel like you have to no and I don't disagree just logic wise I definitely agree with you but I I think we can move on I I, I don't know if I have a team to throw out for Hannafin. I'm going to try to throw out a couple more for as we move down the list but Hannafin's the odd one to me where he really is the type of defenseman who can fit in most team style. Like, he's not very bad defense. He's very balanced. Like, he can score. He can play def defense very solid. He's a very He has a very good two-way game that I just... I don't know if there's a specific team off the top of my head that necessarily needs him. I think there's a lot of contenders that would love to have him. I think it's just whether the Flames can make it work. And it'll be interesting to see if that happens. But... The next player we got on our list here is Adam Henrique from the Anaheim Ducks. And he's a bit of an interesting one, as I know the Ducks have had a bit of a interesting year as a whole with their big star going to the year, Zegris. I believe he had one really crap start to the year, and I honestly don't even remember off the top of my head if he has turned it around. But I know that's been a big storyline in their season, as well as just a fact. I don't think they've been very good this year. If I remember right, but I'd have to pull the ducks, up the no. in front of me. No, I didn't think so. And I think no, they're they're forty three points, not very good. Yeah, I mean Zegras, twenty games played, seven points, not a not a good season from him. And I'm guessing the twenty games is because he got hurt somewhere along the way and probably still is. But either way, Adam Henrique is one of those veteran forwards who a lot of those lot of contending teams would most likely want to get their hands on caleb i'm kind of do you have any teams you want to throw out there off the top of your head um before before i talk about what teams potentially for henrique i do just want to say um for hannafin there was a just saw this report from the score that was like an hour ago that the bruins and lightning are some of the potential oh, teams i had heard lightning. But, lightning yeah so I that, that's i hadn't heard bruins yeah, that, that's potentially interesting. But in terms of, I mean, in terms of Henrique, I mean, the one big thing for me is that he's an older player. I mean, I feel like Adam Henrique has been around the league forever. Like, yeah. I, 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 I feel like he's one of those players who's been around as long as I can remember. And I honestly kind of forgot that he was still in the league. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and his, if it's, uh, this website we've got up is any indication, like it's a pretty hefty cap hit. Like, I didn't know he was making that much money. To where it's like five five point eight million. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's he I don't know if that's accurate. At the end of the year, though. Yeah, this website also lists him as a goalie though. Yeah, so I mean, true. maybe it's not maybe it's not <laughs> accurate. Maybe we can find another 
if, if Adam Henrique isn't, I, I'd be pretty He's surprised also, if Adam Henrique, Henrique is also money. not 33, I believe you said. So we're kind of just using yeah. the list of names, not necessarily anything else, but either way. Okay, no, <laughs> half-friendly half backs it up. It is 5.8. It is 5.8. So, okay. so that's a... I was going to say, that, that sounds a, about right for Henrique. Yeah. That's like uh that's a pretty decent cap hit. No. And it's yeah, like not, not little. I, I don't know if I'm if I'm any contending teams. Like you, you gotta look at the ones with cap space, I think. Um the the ducks are I feel like if the ducks are making a deal with that, you're gonna have to retain salary. Um same kind of situ situation with Hannafin where it's like it's not even a conversation. Like even even more so for Henrique with a number that big, because Hannafin is a smaller contract than that. Hannafin's hovering at just around five, so it's almost a million more. Um, I was gonna say in terms of teams that I would throw out there, I was gonna throw out Bruins, but they've kind of they're kind of screwed in terms of cap space. Um, yeah. Well, that's the tough oh my thing God, when you're talking about like any of these trades is the fact that cap space yeah. is such a huge issue with almost all of them. <laughs> yes um in terms of teams that like it looks like they could actually make a move yeah a lot of these contending teams don't have that kind of cap space um one that i might throw out there that does like detroit might be one they're making a pretty big playoff push they've had like a uh, a great string of success and they're um i mean their big free agent pickup patrick kane has been playing pretty well yeah. Um, if you want to add a little bit, little bit more of a veteran presence to that locker room and like really try to make a push this year, um, it may be a little bit too early because I know that they're they're not necessarily one of those teams where it's like win now. They're kind yeah. of like win in the next like two to three years and like this is still a good playoff team. Um, the Bruins were the other team that I would throw out there. Like that just feels like a good fit, um, and it feels like the Bruins are the team that are another team are more so a team that would be like win now in terms of where they are um that feels about right um otherwise yeah like this this is one where i feel like a deal might not happen just because of because of age and because of money like it it, it feels like if a deal's gonna happen it's are people gonna like it, i think it would purely be a rental because i don't know what team is going to want to re-sign him um with how old he is and i think he's playing okay but it's not like anything world beating it's just for a team who needs a veteran presence um for the playoff push then he'll do good in providing that. So that's kind of why I'm looking to to Detroit. Detroit and Boston are my two. And even then, I might be a little bit surprised if a deal deal for him gets done. That that one might be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I don't, and I don't disagree with any of the points you made. So some of the teams that I'm just reading, like seeing, have been compared, have been connected with Henrik is actually the Bruins. Funnily enough, with what you said about their cap, but Another one that I'm hearing is the Oilers, which is interesting to me. Is That's another mm. team that could potentially try and pad their top six a little bit more. Apparently, the asking price, I'm trying to find a source on this one. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find it, but the asking price is a second and a third for Henrik, so similar to Tanev. Which makes sense, because they're around the same age, hey? Yeah, no, I'd say it makes sense. I, I think I'd value Tanev a bit more than I'd value... Henrique, but then again, I different too, teams need different on, things. It depends on needs. Yeah, yeah it, that, which is very true. Yeah, for sure. And um, I I think the Oilers one is really interesting to me at the very least, because that, that absolutely is a team where they brought in a couple players who have not worked out for them, who they plan to have yeah. worked out in their top six, and everyone was so surprised at, about it. One of those was Connor Brown, 
<laughs> I believe oh has less points which on podcast, the season. Which podcast all that? <laughs> yeah, God, which, which, which podcast is on the Connor Brown Hayton beat before it was cool? <laughs> yeah, I guess. How many points does he have on the year again? I'm trying to remember. He has five. He has five can, assists. Can you no get goals. negative points? He has. Oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna be on the line with McDavid. Oh my God, he's gonna be so what good. What line is he it's just, playing on this year? Just like back when they were in junior. Okay. <laughs> This is why you never take Oilers media seriously. Yeah. Like, I don't, I feel like we should have learned that lesson by now. Well, same thing with Flames. <laughs> I already don't take Flames media seriously. Oh, like, that's, okay. Well, as long as you know. Even as... Even even what you were mentioning. Oh, we're going to get Stan Coven for, for Tannen. <laughs> okay. No, that one I didn't believe either, but I was... I, I, I allowed own. myself to be hopeful. Because, like, there was also, even, gonna, there was even, also a report. We're a first-round pick for Tanev. Hey, there was no, also a report that Stankoven was, like, sat, like, the night before the trade, and everyone was like, oh, <laughs> maybe it'll happen, but no, guess not. It would have been cool. He's, he seems like a cool player to watch, but I'm still excited. It would have been cool. Yeah. I think we would have had Oilers, to give up Hannafin and Tanev. Looking at the Oilers' top six, they actually do have a pretty good top six, depending on, you know, how good Evander Kane, well, Evander Kane and Connor McDavid's relationship is after I don't know if you saw all that, Caleb, but I no. Do we want to talk about that on the podcast? I don't know. It's so it was more of stuff that Evander Kane's wife came out and said specifically about Connor McDavid himself, and I'm sure you probably saw a video a while back. Like I think I want to say a year and a half ago about McDavid getting into a car holding the hand of a woman who absolutely was not his wife. It was more related to some allegations surrounding that. And um, Evander Kane and Connor McDavid then apparently unfollowed each other on Instagram because everybody knows that instantly means that you hate each other. And, (laughs) yeah, so that whole thing happened. So who knows what could be happening in that locker room right now. But... Either way, I, had, I have not heard anything about that. I I don't want to get into any more information than that because the nitty gritty is a little too nitty gritty for me. But it's it's definitely worth a good read if you're interested. Um, but yeah, I I will say their top their bottom six isn't terrible either. But well, it would definitely be a lot better with Adam Henrique in it. Their problem has always been depth, right? Like yeah. that's that's always it's been the Oilers' problem since day one, and this pro- this provides that. But I do feel like it's the same kind of cycle that we go through for the Oilers every year in terms of like, yeah, what what veteran are we going to pick up for the deadline? And they're that's going to be the the one to push us over the hump. It's who the last year? Who's the defense for what... Nashville? Oh, uh, Eckholm. It's but... Eckholm. Yeah. Eckholm. But yeah, I I do know what you mean. I don't think, and I don't think Henrik is that by any means because I. I don't actually think he pushes any of their players out of the top six that they currently have right now. No, assuming, he'd be like a third line guy. Assuming they don't trade someone in their top six to get him. But um, That would be kind of stupid. Yeah. That would be kind of stupid. It would be a little bit. I don't disagree. But I think he would I think fit he'd bring, pretty he'd bring well. Him in for death. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I think he'd fit pretty well in that third line, though, with Brian McLeod, Corey Perry. That's not, that's not a bad third line. And I mean, like, honestly, this Oilers team is really good. Like, overall, like, you pointed out the fact that their depth has always been their issue. This season, it's not quite as bad. I mean, Connor Brown, only five assists on the year. Not great, but, like, 
other than that, like Dylan Holloway, Sam Gagne, that's a fairly good fourth line overall. Like Sam Gagne is still funny to me, but <laughs> whatever. I think it's funny that he's still playing. You think so? How old is he at this point? He's, I guess he's got to be. I feel, like, I feel like he's got to be like forty-five. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he's been <laughs> around forever. Well, because he was in juniors in 2010, wasn't he? Oh no! Oh no! He's 30. He's 34. I don't know why yeah. I feel like he's I was, so I was, old. Because yeah, 34 makes sense. Like 14 years ago, 2010. There you go. I he was not he or was he, he was drafted in 2007. I think that's why I'm like okay, is the good guy's got to be on the league by now? I guess. But either way, like that's not a bad bottom line at all. Although he does only have 10 points on the season, that's pretty ass as well. But yeah, like. I mean, overall, fourth line, not terrible. I think with this Oilers team, it's the same issue it's been, like, at certain points where it's just, like, you got to fucking do it. Like, you just got to – it's it's the type of thing where you have all the talent in the world. You finally clogged all the holes in your ship. It's just getting across the finishing line, finish line and actually doing it. And that's what it is for this Oilers team. Like, I think that's the biggest difference for me is almost – I don't know why you'd make that trade, I guess. I don't really know why you'd bring it. I feel, like, I feel like there's bigger fish. I feel like there's bigger fish. I don't you know. Even, I don't know what. Like, you could bring in a better goalie. That, that I believe, for Edmonton. But it's the same issue I brought up every single time someone has gone, oh, the Oilers should trade for Markstrom. They're already paying two goaltenders, like, over four, three or four million dollars, yeah. which is their issue. They'd, they'd, have, have, to, they'd have to ship out good one either. Of them, which would not be fun to do, by the way, as that would probably cost a pick or two to get rid of if they don't do it in the yeah. same trade which would decrease how much you get in return which obviously i don't think the oilers are gonna like either but yeah no i don't really like their odds of landing henry as for boston it's just a cap issue at that point i don't know if i like that match for i think henry could fit on fit better with the oilers but i could see him over there the next one on the list is another interesting one. This is the most interesting one, I think. Yeah, Jake Gensel, which a lot of conversation has been around the fact that he is hurt. He was probably number one on the list of people to potentially be moved up until that injury. And now that that injury has slid him down just a touch. But I still think that any legitimate playoff team would be pretty stupid to not try and bring him in if he's back in time for the playoffs, which all reports are leaning towards, yes, he will be back for the playoffs. Yeah, I feel like even with the injury, I mean, it's like, like you just said, the playoffs is, the reason teams are going to be picking up these guys is because they're already in a decent spot and they they need some of the playoffs. And I mean, the, the two teams that have been linked to him that I think are the logical spots, one I think more than the other, is Vancouver and Vegas. Those are the two yeah. spots well, that I've always seen him be like to. And I think I think Vancouver is the number one. Because I think I, I Vancouver, this feels like a special this feels like a special year. I mean, because I mean I've talked about earlier in the season how I didn't even really believe this. Like I like I like I still feel like their success is almost like like what's happening here. You know what it almost feels like? It feels like that one year where the flames are really good and then they were the first overall seed and then they got like they got one Oh, four to one against well. Mavs. I remember it well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that, that. That would almost be my worry for Vancouver, where it's like your regular season success is kind of like ephemeral and it kind of goes away. 
um, that would be my worry. And I think bringing in a guy like Gensel, who's got that playoff experience, but is also still young, because um, he was there for the the Penguins Cup runs of like 16, 17, like that kind of yeah. era. Um, that, that would be like almost the perfect fit for them. And I, like, like, it just makes so much sense in my head. I mean, Vegas is the only one that's been listed and linked to him. So, I mean, I guess that could happen too. Both teams are kind of screwed for cap space, but I mean, I don't know. The cap is kind of magic. Just put someone on LTIR and it fixes everything, I guess. Well, the Leafs are... The cap. Uh, wouldn't he he's be on, on LTIR? He's, he, yeah. He, yes. At, yeah, at least until, like, whatever they said, like March 10th was the earliest they could bring him off. Um, I don't know. It just makes so much sense for Vancouver. Like, I do feel like you have to go all in on this year. Like, because I don't know... Before this year, I was like, the, the Canucks almost have the worst future in the NHL. Like, that's what I was saying before this year. And I was proven wrong, I guess. All of their prospects but, all worked out all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still don't even really know how they're this successful. But, no, I mean, if you're, if, you're, if you're running hot, you might as well go for it. So, I think that, that that's kind of my rationale. It's like, if you're going to make a move, I think Gensel is the most attractive. Like, out of any of these players, I get that he's hurt. Whatever. He's going to be back for the playoffs. At least that's what all indications say. If he's going to be back for the playoffs, you make this move. Um, so, I, I don't know. Um, I think that, uh, again, I think he's the most exciting free agent, or not free agent. I think he's the most exciting, like, trade bait guy out there. So, I think if any of these, like, Vancouver, Vegas, top of the division type teams are going to make a move, it should be for Gensel. And if I'm Vancouver, I'm already, like, sending in offers every day. Like, that, that's the move they have to make. Yeah. And with Vancouver, the one thing that they absolutely do have to be the opposite of Edmonton is they have insane depth. Like, all through this lineup yeah. is pretty, pretty nuts just with how balanced they are. And a player like Gensel would do wonders to that top six. As I would say, their biggest strength is straight down the middle. So adding an elite winger to really help you out there in that top six would just put you over the top. Like, and you could pretty much mix and match that top six as well. With like, It doesn't matter who you put together at that point. It would work. And I think, mm. yeah, I, I really like that matchup. I'm really happy you brought up Vancouver, actually, because I think I, I do agree with you. I think they're the team to really watch for in a trade with them. I also think Vegas would be a fairly good team to pick them up for a lot of obvious reasons. They're the... Stanley Cup, they're the reigning champions. I'm sure they're going to be trying to make a couple moves here to try and make their team just a touch better. And it is not unknown for Vegas to, to pull people off the LTI yeah. right before the playoffs. So, yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Vegas tried to make a run out as well. But I do, I would say I'd want Vancouver to get them. I would love for Vancouver yeah. to make a magical run this season, as that would be very entertaining. I would too. I get to be part of the riots this time. I'm yeah, here. when they lose to like Boston, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get to flip over a car and set things on fire. It's gonna be so fun. I can't wait. I can't wait for um, when it actually happens, and you're gonna have to go like we're, you're gonna have to come on the podcast like the week after. Go like just to be clear, <laughs> I was not involved. <laughs> I was not there. I was not there. <laughs> Yeah, but I I do think I do think this Vancouver team absolutely does have the potential to be something special. But it's yeah. it's just going to come down to again if they can do it. As there are definitely a couple holes in their roster. There's a reason a lot of people didn't think they would be that good going into the season. And even yes. if they have proven a lot of people wrong, 
a lot of teams that play over their potential tend to fall flat when things really hit the fan. And I'm kind of just yeah. curious to see what happens for Vancouver when that happens. And the best thing that you can do to completely avoid that is to bring in more talent. And that is the one thing they absolutely do have the potential to do there. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I think we can move on because we're going rather slow. The next one here, Vladimir Tarasenko for the Ottawa Senators, which me and you were both talking about before the podcast. The odd thing here is neither of us had even heard that he was on the market. But it does make sense that he could potentially get moved, considering the the fact that I mean Ottawa just hasn't been very good this year. That's been most their big issue. With they have severely yeah. underperformed. Tarasenko, not necessarily immune to that either, as he hasn't had a an incredible season, at least not to his standards. Not a bad one, but not a great one. So not something you'd expect for someone who two or three years ago was a very, very elite winger. So in my opinion, the one thing that is going to be interesting is what kind of return you get for Tarasenko more than anything. Cause I think a lot of, a lot of contending teams would probably want him. It's why Ottawa wanted him. They thought that they were going to yeah. be a contender this year and that's why they brought him in. But I think it all just comes down to what you would be getting for him. Cause you don't know what you're getting with Tarasenko, I guess. Are you trading for yeah. someone with the potential to go back in the right situation to the player we've seen in the past? Or are you trading for the top six player he sort of has become? And I mean, I don't, I don't think you're ever going to go back to, like, the player he was. Like, I, I do think that, because how, how old is he now? How old is he now? He's getting up there in age. Um, he is... This website says 32, but yep, I know... 32 is right. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, he's getting, he's getting up there um kind of like coming off of his like the end of his prime like just finish that era i'd say so it's like obviously you're not going to get that same level of production but i do think he's still a valuable player to have another player that's been through a stanley cup run uh, in 2019 um so that provides that kind of playoff experience so it's a, it's a similar kind of group of teams it'd be a similar kind of group of teams that are looking at him that are probably looking at at um Gensel's same kind of I, I haven't I haven't seen him linked to, to Vancouver anywhere. I think Gensel's the big fish there. That's what they're going for. So maybe they don't have I think it many. just depends on whether you're trading for someone who you're bringing in only for this run or are you trading for someone who are you are bringing in permanently to be part of your core? Because I think that's yeah. what Gensel is. Gensel is a permanent. You're not trading for him for one year. You are going to sign him to a big deal and he's going to stick around for a while. Tarasenko, yeah. I don't actually know if he's expiring at the end of the year. I'm kind of just assuming here, but... I believe he is. He is, yes. Tarasenko is as well. But are you going to sign Tarasenko to a big contract at the end of the year? I mean, you can, but I have a funny feeling you won't. You're probably going to let him walk. So I think that's also going to be a big part of how much money you pay him is the fact that he is a rental. I don't think Gensel's a rental. I, I think you're trading for someone you expect to keep around. I would agree with that. And I think, again, so when you look for rentals, you're looking for those teams at the very top. And I think I think my number one is is probably Florida would be my number one yeah. spot for, for him to go to because I think he fits in pretty well in the top six, kind of second-line spot there. Um, 
Because as it stands, they've got, what is it, Brahegi, Bar Bark, uh, Reinhardt is pretty set in stone, and they've got Bennett and Kachuk playing with Nick Cousins. I think you could probably bump Cousins down. Um, and then that forms a pretty solid top six. And then I think the Panthers are already doing really well. I believe they're, are they, are they first or second in their division at this point? I think they're first, yeah. Tied with Boston. Um, so obviously they've, they've had a lot of success. They probably want to replicate the cup run they made last year. And adding a, a veteran guy like Tarasenko definitely helps. Yeah, and I mean, I, I agree with a lot of that as well. The one team that I am seeing, I'm not seeing a lot of teams, but the one team I am seeing is the Islanders. Yeah. No, they're currently sitting at about... They're not looking too good. At... Oh, they aren't. Okay, that would be a weird I'm, one. I am very curious to why they're rumored to go grab him then because of the fact that, yeah, they are in an interesting spot. Fifth in the standings I, in their division. I don't, I'm don't. i not too sure why they're rumored to go grab him because they... That would be, that would be such a weird one for me. You would, you would I, assume I, I they'd want to sign him to a longer deal. Paris think it was such a win-now move, and the Islanders are not in win-now move. They are in, like, same kind of spot as Calgary. It's like, make the playoffs is your goal. And that is nowhere near a guarantee, which is why I'm like, I, I don't see that happening at all. I think it ha I think it has to be someone who has, like, realistic expectations of going to the Stanley Cup. And I think that's what Tarasenko would want, too. Like, I think it's something we forget is, like, these players are also chasing, like, a ring at this point as well. That I don't think if if, you, if Tarasenko's going for a ring, he's not doing the Islanders. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you. The Islanders do have talent. Like when I did that, that was the thing. I didn't know what their situation actually was when I did see that one, but they do have a, quite a bit of talent. They're not a bad team on paper. It's just clearly not worked out very well for them so far. Like, but they do have the talent to potentially try and turn things around. So I guess I could see why they might think they might be able to do something with it if they could put them on a line with Bo Horvat and Barzell. That's a pretty good line. But it I is, guess... but like I, I don't know. Like you your season has been up and down at this yeah. point. Like I don't think are they like they're not even on not a two game winning streak, okay. Like they're they're five five, three and two in their last ten. It's not like they're on some sort of like heater where like Detroit, where it's like you 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 figure you're going to get into the playoffs with how you've been playing as as of lately, they're like six points out of a wild card spot, yeah. and I, I I I just don't see it. No, I don't think I do either. Like I just thought I'd throw it out there as well because that is the one team I am seeing. I'm not seeing a lot of other names. I mean, this one again, kind of for the same reason as Adam Henrique, I think, but I am seeing the Oilers. So I guess that could be another player that they could go for. Yeah, but... that one would make a little bit more sense. Yeah, I, I actually, I guess Tarasenko's a little bit less money than Henrique, so I guess that would work. Uh, also, a probably a better, a better player at this point still. Mm, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a completely different kind of player. I, I think I like Henrique more for the yes. Oilers because they don't really need pure scorers. I think they've got that covered. No, they they, they do kind of have that covered. It's true. Like I, I that's why I kind of like Henrique more for them, just because a two way forward, you can never have enough two way forwards on your lineup, at least in my opinion. But Aaron think goes the flashier move that they would totally make, though. I almost see it as more likely. That's true. 
Actually, yeah, no. It, it, it is a very Oilers move to make. And, like, to pick him up for, like, way too much as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. But whatever. I mean, I think there's one more that I'd like to t- touch on. Maybe two. We can maybe touch talk about Bushnevich, but the one that we should talk about a little bit, probably not for too long because it doesn't sound like it's actually going to happen, but Jacob Markstrom. In the last, I believe, couple hours as of recording this podcast, they just said the Flames came out and announced that they will not be trading Jacob Markstrom, which is very interesting, all things considered, because, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It kind of says the complete opposite of what you're what you're kind of saying by trading a player like Elias Lindholm, even if that has worked out fairly positively as for record in the last little bit, it is, it is kind of an interesting move to hold on to an aging player there who has been very, who right now their value is higher than ever. If Markstrom falls off a cliff at the end of this year, I don't think you're getting a first round pick for him. So I think, uh, I think the flames, if you're not moving him, you have to pray that he continues to play well. And yeah, I know that I've heard the, I, I the argument I've heard, and I'm just going to throw this out to you, Caleb, because I also want your opinion on this, is that, and it's kind of true, most goalies are usually worth more in the offseason, is the argument that I've kind of heard, and a lot of teams don't really want to go out of their way to grab goalies ahead of a playoff run, because if they're in that top spot, obviously Devils are a bit of an exception, but if they're in that top spot, generally they already have... A, either a goaltender who's elite in their own right or they might just be playing hot either way you don't really want to trade for somebody to try and replace that most of the time but i don't know yeah i could i could see that and i mean markstrom is unique in that he's like the only one of these guys who does who is not a pending ufa so it's not like there's i feel like he's he's gonna i feel like he has to get traded by the end of that contract and i i i do think it's almost I, I would be okay if he got traded in the offseason. There's not as much urgency to trade him now because it's not like you're going to lose him for nothing. Um, I do still think you're trying to get as much value out of him as you can because, like, you made the good point. It's like he's playing the best hockey um, that he's played in a while now. And we didn't see that last season. And so fear is, is that he plays bad the rest of this season or he plays poorly next season and then you can't get as much for him. Um, but it's, it's the kind of thing where I was like, I, I do kind of get that argument, where I'd be okay with letting him, I, I would be okay with saying, hold on to him until the end of the season, as long as you make a deal at the end of the season. Because where I would get scared is if they hold on to him past this off season, and then they, and then at that point, that when they're like... At that point, do you talk he, about he, trading? He's been like, so up and down. Like... Yeah. I mean... I, I know the other argument I've heard, I haven't heard his name in the last little bit, of, but I remember the last person I think who brought it up to me was Anand on the podcast, but he brought up the idea of trading Vladar. And I I wonder if the Flames are going to look into that a little bit in the next week, and maybe we'll see some rumors on that. I kind of doubt maybe. it. Maybe. You're just not going to get anything for him. Oh, God, no. No, I it's, and I do agree with yeah. that. I think at that point you're just... It's just going to make room for Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Which... I think if they wanted to do that, they would have. So. Yeah, they <laughs> would. They would have done it earlier. Yeah, I think. I yeah. think they would have already done it. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit of an interesting one. If the Flames did trade him, 
the only real name at this point that anybody had been hearing was the Devils. That is the big one because they make way too much sense, and that's why it just can't work apparently. <laughs> like if that yeah. that's the one matchup where like trading him now makes so much sense because of the I, fact that they just have no goaltending. They have so much talent. Like all their. I almost is- wonder if. Well, that was your Stanley Cup pick. I almost it, it wonder was, if yeah. um, the fact that the Devils are like not quite as good as we thought they would be, if that's hurting the trade. Because do you think do you think if the goaltending was still bad and the Devils were in a playoff spot right now, I feel like they would have done it already. Yeah. Like I feel like that deal would have already. Been made. I feel like they would have been willing to give up more, and I feel like the fact that they are currently same situation as the Islanders, exact same situation as the Islanders. Um, they're currently six points out of a wild card spot. Like it's also, I do think the Devils have a significantly better chance of getting that because, I mean, they have a lot better talent and a lot younger talent. Yeah. Um, and I do think goaltending is their one massive hold. Um, but I think if they were in that spot a little bit more, then they'd make that move. But because they're not, they're probably willing to wait and say like, why don't we just get them in the off season? That would kind of be what I'm thinking. And I, I, I'm not mad if it goes out that way. As a Flames fan, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think you just have to get rid of him by the end of the offseason. At this point, I've accepted the fact that Wolf just isn't getting that much NHL time this year, as stupid and dumb as it is. I yeah. I don't even know what to do anymore with that situation just because it's kind of been blown out of proportion so much that because of the fact that they yeah. waited so long. Like, the funny thing is, I still remember, I think it was a week or two ago, Ago, Wolf had like a crap game when he was called up to like replace for I think it was an injured Vladar, and uh, instantly the whole internet turned on him, and it was just hilarious to watch, saying that he was too short to play in the NHL, which is just the funniest thing in the entire world because the whole argue the whole thing that everybody's been getting pissy about on Twitter is the fact that the Flames haven't done anything yet. But now people are saying that they shouldn't because Wolf will never be better than an AHL starter. Which, you know what? Whatever. Welcome to Twitter. That's been. Yeah, I was going to say. I, I had a fun time reading all those tweets. Either way, it's important to have a memory of a goldfish whenever scrolling on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> I I think I'm pretty happy to move on, though. I don't know if you do want to talk about. Bushnovich, I, 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 I can. I mean, we can, we can, we can run through that quick. I mean, I do think he's one of the more interesting guys because he's the youngest, other than uh, other than Hannafin, I guess. Um, he's the youngest player on this list. He's a little bit older than I thought, honestly, but um, he's still young, still a great player. Also, another guy with playoff experience. He'd be a guy similar to a Gensel in this in this realm, where he, yeah. I mean, he's he's against him, but a little, but not to the same not extent. Skilled, but yes, um, I I do know what you mean. Yes, um, he's like a he's like a um, what's the what's the he's almost like a no name brand Gensel in terms of what you're getting. That um, might be too. Weird, it's like but it's, yeah, he's still a very very skilled player. It's just like I think very, very the fact player, that Gensel I'm not saying like is on the market is kind of no name brand no i I do know what you mean i do know what you mean (laughs) it's just like it's just like it's the it's you're getting the similar kind of thing with what you want it's just like not quite to the same level yeah it's not yeah and and maybe that was a little bit of a harsh comparison but it's it is still the kind of thing where it's like you're getting a, a good still relatively young player um who has playoff experience and he's still gonna be able to contribute to your team okay caleb 
for a million dollars. Who do you think is interested in this forward to add to their top six? Rumor. Oh boy. <laughs> probably probably Edmonton, probably all the same, probably Vancouver, probably all the same teams. Uh, I was about. I was more just meaning the Oilers. Because yeah, no, they are yeah, one of the teams rumored. I was gonna say, I like that probably. They apparently have scouted yeah, him. I mean, sure. <laughs> That's I mean, it's I would the same thing. Yeah. As an Oilers fan, if you don't give up too much for him, that would probably be the one I'd be most excited about, what honestly. Is, what is it rumored to cost? That's realistic. A first, it might be a first. Holy. I could, yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see a first. I could too, but I don't I know if the Oilers it. would want to give that up. Maybe not. I mean, the, the thing with these, like, it is a late first. It will be a late first. It will be. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, a first-time prospect I'm, 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 I'm hearing, yeah. which makes sense. A couple other teams I mean, I don't there. Think we, I don't think we got to Gensel, but Gensel was talking. There was rumors that it would be, might be two first-round picks. So, it's like. That I do sort of believe. Well, I'm sure that was before his injury. Now it's kind of. I, it'll I, still be, I it'll still be the, high. the story that I was reading was saying that it would still it would still it? be the same price. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for the injury. Good for the, the injury has been teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's good for them. But uh, yeah, other teams: Detroit Red Wings, Carolina Hurricanes, Buffalo yeah. Sabers. A lot of names that probably wouldn't surprise you too much. But uh, Sabers went a little bit, but otherwise, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is the funny thing about this article is <laughs> with Buffalo, they they open it by saying, why does he make sense? And they just say, good question. <laughs> so I, I think they're even try, kind of questioning, well, there we go. questioning that rumor a little bit. But yeah. either way, Carolina and Detroit, I think I think I like how he would probably line up for both of their those teams maybe a bit more than Edmonton just because I think Edmonton – I. I don't know why they're trying to add to their top six, honestly. I feel like if I'm Edmonton, I do. Like, you kind of made fun of their whole thing of bringing in Corey Perry, bringing in, like, those kind of, like, vet guys just to fill out their bottom, like, bottom six. But I almost feel like that's smarter. I don't know if you necessarily need to go out of your way to trade away a first-round pick. If you want to, I'm sure it doesn't I guess. help. But... Or I, it I feel like you've got a ma- can't you're not it. building for the future. You're you're building sure. for now. You've got That's the true. two best players in the world. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I think I just think that if you're the Oilers, I don't know if I. I'm trading my first for Gensel. I'm not. I don't know if I'm trading my first for Bushnovich. Trading your first for the next two years for. Yeah, Gensel. yeah. I don't know. It's it's a tough situation for them, but. uh I mean, it's a tough situation for all these teams on just whether that's worth it or not. But we'll see. I, I really like the idea of him on, like, Carolina or Detroit. I think both of those teams make a yeah. lot more sense, just, like, overall, just scheme-wise and just adding to – they're both already stacked and going to make a decent run at the playoffs. So I think I think that matchup would work really well. So are the Oilers in their own right, but I don't know if necessarily a top six player is what they need as much. <laughs> adding yeah. <laughs> i i feel like i'd trade a first for like i don't know i i'd bring in a defenseman i've been saying that for the oilers for fucking as long as i can remember but you know yeah but the, the, i mean there's not there's not that many good defensemen out there no. is the thing like it's more the, forward the, the best the best two were on your rival down south so 
and you're and you're not going to be getting those. That the Conrad is not going to be making a deal with the Oilers. That's true, actually. That's a very good point, especially like I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Actually, I wonder how much that that helps. Be like having a former flame seem to seem oh, like yes. Holland's phone number happen. on there, just going, nah, <laughs> not happening. It's never going to happen. No, and I mean, there's very little precedent for it, anyways. Like Lucic, Neil. Oh, I guess. But other than that, like Lattice, other than that, if you remember that trade back in like yeah, yeah, fifteen-ish. There's a reason it. There's a reason it never happens. There's a reason it never Shout happens. Shout out to all my homies who remember Lattice. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. Because I think he was part of that trade too. I think there was one other trade that I can't remember anymore. Also, I think that that might be that might be it for a recent. Because I think they had only made like three-ish. I feel like they've only made like three trades. It's the number is not a lot, but I am curious, so I'm gonna quickly t- take a dive into that. Um, the first Flames and Oilers trade was in 2010, with it being actually, you know what? It is still fairly recent because it is only three years earlier than the Ladislav Smith trade. Which is, funny, which is funny to call it that, considering Smeed wasn't even that good. But that should speak on how like, how big that trade even happening was. But it was Steve Steos being traded for Aaron Johnson and a third-round pick. Wow. Oh, I, boy. I've never really? heard. I knew who Steve, Steve Steos was. Never heard of Aaron Johnson, but all right. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I do remember this 2013 trade. And then, and then it's the blue cheech Neil. Yeah, those are the three. So it is three. Was that the number you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you you knew on that one. I for some reason thought there was one in like the two thousands. I didn't think twenty tens because I. Yeah, I thought there was one more, but maybe I was just thinking of the Stales trade. Who knows? But I think that is all the big names that are really worth talking about. We'll see who actually ends up getting traded. Some of these are definitely more realistic than others, but nonetheless. It'll definitely make for an interesting post-trade deadline half of the year as there are a lot of very talented teams this year. And I think it is really a toss-up on who you're, who the favorite is. There's not really a clear team that I think stands ahead of the pack. There's no Boston Bruins this year. So I think yeah, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see where a lot of these players go. Uh, so over the last couple of days, uh, the PWHL... Uh, announced a couple new interesting, I guess not rules, but kind of like tweaks to how they're going to do both the draft and the playoffs. And they're really interesting and really kind of innovative. It kind of kind of reminds me of how we were talking about the Canadian League Basketball League with the ELAM ending. Oh, yeah. We had that as a segment earlier. It's a similar kind of thing where it's like, it's something that seems kind of, uh, there's a couple like rule changes that seem kind of gimmicky, but they make a lot of sense for the sport. And I think it's really interesting to talk about um i don't know do you want to start with the uh we can talk about the playoffs and the draft first what do you what are you feeling uh, looking to have this i'd say we probably do the let's do the playoffs that's definitely that's coming okay. sooner and that was the big headline personally and i did say yeah. this to you beforehand so, i do think the draft is more interesting but we should let's start with the playoffs well we'll, we'll start with the playoffs so the way that they've changed their playoff format is so there's six teams as of right now in the pwhl and Hopefully they'll expand at some point. With, but with how it works now, the top four make it, bottom two are eliminated. So four teams are going to make the playoffs. And the 
change that's unique to the PWHL is that the first place team um, will actually get to choose their first round opponent. And I believe it's not, I, I think it's just between the third and fourth team they'll get yes. to pick. Yeah. And then the second place team gets whoever's left. But I find that really interesting. No, and, I think it's awesome. I mean, yeah. I think it's I think it's cool. I think it may not change strategy all that much, but who knows if there's a team that's like kind of come on hot, but they and they finish fourth, maybe you want to avoid them, and maybe you want to play like a team that's third, but that's maybe been sliding a little bit recently. Hockey's a game that's all all about momentum, and this may this may be a way to kind of interact that, and maybe like I'm I'll find it interesting in terms of like the team that gets picked. And how that mentality yeah. changes. It's like, oh yeah, they wanted to play us. Well, let's show them. I think that's exactly, interesting. Right? That's, and I think I think that'll add some competitiveness too. Oh, it yeah. absolutely will. Because just like I yeah. could just imagine what that locker room would be like afterwards. Because that is that's half the reason I love it. Because that's how hockey players are. That's how any athlete is. You don't want to get picked to play play this certain team. Like it's even when like even in the NHL when a first like uh, a first seed is playing an eighth seed. And you're hearing all going into the series. Oh, we want to play them. You got, you know that going into that game, like that other team's going. Oh yeah, I'm sure you want to play us. And then, and that's yeah. gonna just make them put in so much more effort. I think that's so fun. So I'm yeah, on that and I mean, part, I'm really thrilled to see the rivalries that are built off of this. Oh yeah, because I mean, like in the in the NHL, yeah, sure you'll have the you'll have the outside commentary in terms of like, oh yeah, this is a good match. If they're gonna sweep by the eighth seed, but the team would never outright say that, but you're making the team outright say that with this, which is really funny. Um, and yeah, really, really smart and a really smart way to do it. And I just love the creativity in these like kind of orbital leagues. Cause we've seen it. We've seen it in all kinds of sports. We talked about the Elam ending stuff. Also similar kind of like innovative rule stuff that happened in the XFL and the USFL in terms of the football side and the PWHL is kind of continuing that. And I think it's an awesome way to get more attention to the PWHL because, you know, that's a big thing. And they've been super innovative in terms of oh, yeah. um, getting more attention to them streaming on YouTube. This is another thing where it's like, yeah, like I'd want to check out a playoff series where they choose which opponent they, they're going to go after. I almost wonder why they, they shouldn't even restrain it to just the That's bottom two. I, was I don't too. know. Like imagine, yeah. imagine how cocky you would have to be to go. Oh, I want number two, right? Like that'd be so cool. <laughs> like God. Honestly, but that that might even be a strategy, to where oh, it's maybe. like you want to pick the yeah, you want to pick the best team right away so you can play them when you're fresh. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Yeah, it's definitely gonna be this... very interesting to watch. I I'm super. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. I haven't been able to watch a lot of PWHL because, and me and you were both talking about this. I we're both fairly busy people with everything that we have. I haven't watched a Flames game in a month, <laughs> just because of the thousand things going on in my life all at once. But I I actually have been excited to watch more of these games because I every single time I have been able to tune it, it has been very entertaining hockey, which. I know a lot of, and that is the reason that a lot of people have been drawn to it very early and it has had a lot of success is the fact that it is really good. Like unsurprisingly, it is pretty amazing hockey. The only criticism that a lot of people have is the fact that they don't have nicknames, don't have logos yet, which apparently that's going to be coming pretty quick here, but there's a lot of real, we're hearing a lot of really good stuff about this league, which is pretty incredible. 
honestly. The fact it's that definitely the women's league that's had the most success and the most eyes on it, which is really promising. Because, I mean, there were other attempts, but it's not like they ever got that much press or got that much attention. Um, I think the streaming on YouTube is such a big thing. I think that's huge in terms of getting their their name out there. Sure, maybe it's not as good as, like, actually... Although, I, I think they do have a TV deal with ESN. Um, I, I guess not as lucrative as that, but... Um, I'm not sure on that one, I, but I, I, I guess they, I just I don't know. But either way, it's a great way to get your name out there. Because even, like... Like, like I think you said you had a similar experience, Simon, where it's like, I wasn't thinking about watching this, yeah. but it popped up yeah. in my YouTube feed, and I was like, I've heard about it, so I want to check it out. Like, again, I also haven't had a chance to watch, like, a full game or anything, but I've watched, like, a little bit of a period here and there, just because it'll pop up, and I think that's really interesting. I do think the no names is a huge thing that I know they wanted to start up right away, so that's why they didn't have time to, like, get anything designed. I hope that's in the works, because I do think that adds a lot more. It's like, I, I don't want to cheer for PWHL New yeah. York or PWHL <laughs> Toronto. Like, I don't care. But if they actually have a team name attached to that, then, then I can start to become, like, oh, I'm a... I'm a whatever yeah. fan. I'm not a PWHL Toronto fan. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't care at that point. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I do feel, though, that there are so many people that, like, when it was announced that they were going into the season without team names, there's so many people who... And, I mean, it's the same people who would not be caught dead watching a female sport. But, like, it's saying that, like, oh, no, this thing's dead in the water because they don't have team names. The Washington football team played like two team two years without a name. <laughs> yeah, like it's it. This shit happens. It's I I do think it's an overreaction. I do agree with you. They definitely do need to get it figured out. But I I mean obviously it's not a necessity right off the jump. I yeah I mean I think, they're making it work. Yeah, they absolutely are. I'm super excited to see what they end up landing with on all that because. I already mentioned to you, Caleb, I have picked a favorite team, but I'm curious if whatever they decide to name them changes <laughs> how much I want to cheer for them, but I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. It'll it'll be interesting, yeah. though. I, I have been wanting to sit down and watch more games, actually, which whenever a lot of these startup leagues do happen, and I, I'll give, like, one game a try, right? And a lot of times I'll sit there and go, like, it's just not as good, right? Like, if I'm watching, like, an yeah. NFL, if I try and watch the XFL, I'm like, I, I'm all right. I, I there are other things. You I have to do. be you have to be a sicko like me to watch yeah, yeah. it. Like you, you <laughs> there's like other things I could be doing, with an exception to the CFL, I guess. But like, I a even lot the, of even the CFL, even the CFL. I, I, my my CFL watching is very much from June till August, and then as soon as the NFL starts up, I don't really watch anymore until the playoffs or the Grey Cup. Yeah, which is which is fair, right? But like with this one, it is actually different in the fact that. It's really good. Like, it's legitimately really, really good hockey. And that is the one thing that a lot of these... It's not like they're trying to compete with the NHL. They do not... No. There is not a top whip female league in the world that is already set up. They are trying to fill that spot. That's the difference. So they already... Yeah. It's not like they're trying to compete with an already set thing that's been around for 100 years like the xfl is with the nfl and a thousand other examples well the xfl i mean they're they're not trying to compete with the NFL. I, I know but just like you get what i'm saying here right where it's like there's never going to be a world it is where a you'll be age. able to compete with the talent of the nfl where while with the pwhl they have the most talented hot female women's hockey in the world right now 
Yeah. And that is something that they can, there's no one who can compete with that. And that's part yeah, of the they, reason they they're have... finding success. Yeah, they they have they do have that in terms of like they have an actual draw because I mean the XFL's draw and the USFL and all those draw that draw is that they're playing football in the spring. It's not anything about the actual talent because it's it's NFL practice squad guys and guys that never made it to the league. But yes, exactly, the talent is there. Um, it, it is it is still tough because they are still going on at the same time as the NHL. And while they're not directly competing with the NHL, you all are still kind of competing for hockey fans. Um, yeah, that that would be kind of that is kind of the thing, and I'm like I'm almost wondering maybe they should be playing like, and maybe it would be easier if they were playing in the summer. But I do think they've done a lot of things to help themselves, um, kind of get over that. Another one of those things is if we want to get back to the to the rules is the draft rule. Yes, um, that is a really that's another really inventive thing. So I think this one, um, it took a while for it to for it to sink in for me in terms of like how this would actually operate when you were ex explaining it. Because initially I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. But now, like, it does. So the way it, the way it works is that um, instead of the first overall pick just going right away to the worst team or it being just a straight lottery, what they do is as soon as the team gets eliminated, then it's a race for the first overall pick. So the team that wins the most games after they've been eliminated gets that pick. Now, that makes it almost intentionally uneven because obviously some teams are going to be eliminated first, but that enables those bad teams to still have a little bit of preference in terms of getting that pick. And it completely de Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly, more time to get wins. And that's, that's the big thing. And I, I love that because it balances out the need to like, because originally when it was explained to me, I thought that it was just, um, the team with like the best record who didn't make the playoffs but that's not how it works at all it's after you can eliminate it whoever has the most wins so there's still incentive to play but there's also still an incentive for the league to make the worst teams better and they still give them a leg up but they have to earn it. i love that balance and i think i think that's something they should do oh, for like nhl and any other any, honestly everything yeah every league yeah. could use that i think like with the maybe the one that wouldn't have a tougher time with it might be the NFL, but like that's just because yeah, they, they play don't those have games. enough games. Yeah, but yeah. all the other t leagues, absolutely, that'd be awesome. I I think that's so so damn cool. The fact that they're doing that, yeah. it really does have an extent an incentive, like you said, to keep trying. Because there's a lot of examples I can think back. I mean, gosh, <laughs> with the Flames, every time that we've been eliminated early they'll just start throwing prospects out there and you kind of just know not to watch those ones. <laughs> yeah. Like it's that type of thing, right? Where like at a certain point, it's not competitive. This is a really smart way to keep it competitive. And it's, I think mm -hmm. it's so fun. The one it's the one thing that's super interesting to me is when a team eventually does come along, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that they legitimately cannot win more games than like the team that would be second worst and they just almost get stuck in like a spiral a little bit like that is the one issue i could potentially see with that but i think the chances for that are slim i think so too because if a team is that bad they will have a much longer time to win games so like even even then like even like i don't know it's like 
even bad teams in hockey and basketball and all these leagues that have like a thousand games, even bad teams will win a couple games. Like the Pistons have been going on a relatively hot streak for their Stanford and basketball. Like it happens. Um, where they like, they, these teams are going to win games. And I do think it does a really good job of balancing it out and making it interesting. Um, to where those games actually still matter because that's the other thing like as a fan too like if i and especially like as a seahawks fan like there would be a the one year where they were terrible i was tuning i didn't ever tune out because i'm insane but i was like very <laughs> uninterested in the last the last few games because it's like i don't know if i want them to win even this year the game against the cardinals they were they weren't eliminated until like midway through that game when we found out that the Packers had won. But even then I was like, well, I don't even want to win this game anymore. Now at least there's in, there, in this system, there'd be still incentive to cheer for your team. And I think that's what's really impressive about the system is that it keeps that going the whole way through. There's still something to cheer for, even if your team is completely terrible. <laughs> yeah, there's, and I mean, it all, and that's exactly what leagues like this are looking for. Now it really makes me wonder if, Depending on how things go this year, which I think it'll go well, unsurprisingly, because it's a good idea, I, I gotta wonder, it makes you wonder if the NHL might think about trying to do something like that, because I'm really curious to see what that would look like in, I mean, we're gonna get to see what it'll look like in a six-team team league, what would it look like in a team with, in a league with 30 teams? that yeah. all would be stacking veterans at the trade deadline <laughs> to try that and add to fun. their... Like, can you imagine if right now, like, fucking... I don't even know. <laughs> what What's, like, the worst team? The Sharks? Imagine if the Sharks were trying to trade for, like, I don't know... <laughs> like, Tarasenko, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine fighting... Fighting for the first overall pick is so funny, but so awesome. So I'm I'm so on board with that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think the one thing in terms of like getting the NHL on board that's tough is that these leagues never make the smart decisions. The onside kick still exists in the NFL, so we know that it's hard for these things. Even if there's a clearly better alternative to them, it takes forever. The for NFL, or, sorry, the NHL, I feel like isn't as stubborn when it comes to that. Strangely. Like, cause we have. I think all the. Leagues. I think all the big leagues are. I think all the. Oh, big I'm not leagues saying they are. Aren't, like, that would be a pretty. But like, think that about would like be a pretty three big on three, three on three OT, adding shootout in the first place, like stuff like that. Like they're not afraid yeah, to make changes. That's true. Like the NHL specifically is not afraid to make changes to make the game more entertaining. Which yeah, and I making just, goalie I think pads they will probably is another big one. Yeah, they the NHL has done a really good job. I think actually evolving to the modern game and i think this is another example of something that i think depending on what the nhl does could just become a staple in like 20 years because i think that's so much more yeah like i think i hope i hope that uh i mean i hope the pwhl stays around for a lot of reasons but like just to see these rule changes like that would be another big reason because like i'd like to see this play out like multiple years to give a huge sample size in terms of how it'll work yeah does it does it take effect this season? I assume it doesn't because they've already been playing, or does it? That that would be my my question. Um, you know that is a very very good question that I'm not too sure on. Um, it does yeah, that, that look would like be... it will happen this season, to what I'm seeing. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. 
the team with the most draft order points. Yeah, I hope that. Um... I'm just assuming that no team has been eliminated yet. <laughs> so I think. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty. I assume it's still pretty early in there, or at least at least like a midway point. I think is where they're sitting at. So that makes sense. Yeah, and they're all pretty. I mean, it's well, a new, it's a new well league. Balanced. They're all pretty yeah. even. They're pretty. Yeah. Even. With like, I know I'm pretty sure it's Minnesota and New York are the two best teams, if I remember right. I think Minnesota Toronto. and Toronto. Minnesota. Is it Toronto? New York sucks, actually. Oh, New really? Oh, maybe I'm way off. Yeah. God, big New York is the worst that. team. Yeah. <laughs> I I knew I knew Minnesota was one of them. Give me that. <laughs> okay, but e- even like, oh uh, yeah, no, nobody's been eliminated. Even Ottawa and New York are still two points back in the playoff spot, and they're tied for last. So. Yep. That would, that would be the one thing that would not I, I guess this would still create intrigue. It's like if you if no especially in a six Montreal team league, is the other team if really nobody fair. if nobody gets eliminated until like the last game of the season. Like how does that work? Well, and if you want to hear the funny thing, Caleb, as well, with like even New York you said is ass, I think. They're six and five. They're six five and one. Like Ottawa yeah, no, like, is like, four. Like there's there's teams that are well yeah because I that, that's what I yeah well that, that's what I said when I it's like yeah there's still two points out of the play yeah it, well yeah exactly um, right? like it's it's very very even yeah yeah so it's like that might be interesting maybe I I was gonna say that that still might create some intrigue if it's like if nobody gets eliminated until like the last game but then it's like a almost like a winner take all kind of thing yeah in terms of like one game to decide who gets the first overall pick that would make things still interesting overall it's just a great rule change the more i think about it the more i like it yeah and i think as my last call out to anybody who has not tuned into their into those games or at least given it a shot i will say that you cannot you cannot attack it without trying it first because i can i have been calling games for the women's team for the trojans this last season and I will say it is a completely different style of hockey. If you, like, it is completely different strategies for the most part. It is very, very different as a whole. Like, it's just, and it makes it very entertaining. And as somebody who is a goalie lover through and through, I will, I, I love watching goalies. I love this. I think stylistically, some goalies are just super fun to watch. And a lot of those goalies, the best ones or the most entertaining to watch are in women's hockey. Because... They have to play so well a lot of the times. And even if you just like, here, an example for what I mean by this, I'm going to scroll through the save percentage in the PWHL, the rankings. The top one in the league right now is a 961. Then it goes 949, 940, 930, 923. They have insane goaltending in these leagues. And that's women's hockey as a whole. And I think if you are a goalie lover like me, you will love watching the PWHL because there are so many talented goalies in that league. I think that's why I enjoyed the game so much that I watched because it was a goalie duel. Like, there was a lot of offense. Like, there was a ton of shots on goal, but those goalies were just standing on their heads. None of these goalies have a save percentage under 900. Yeah. From what I'm seeing. Yeah. There's so much talent in between the crease for all these leagues. So I think, yeah, I, I, it has been on my to-do list for the last little while. We're hitting, like, the playoff, the playoffs and most things that I call for. So I've been busy off my fucking ass. But I have been wanting to tune in 
to another game for a while now. So I am, I will, I'm committing to doing that again because I, I am seeing on the schedule next time Minnesota plays is on March 3rd, which is Sunday, which I do have off. So I think I'm going to watch that game. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I I am not working that day. So I think I should be able to watch that. So I, I am excited though for what happens with this league because I think it has so much potential and they're the one thing that a lot of people talk about in any women's sport and I think the fact that this is already such a huge conversation as well kind of shows that it's another thing that could potentially be changed in the future is the is the pay which with the WNBA it's been a conversation for years about how the comparison between NHL or sorry NBA and WNBA is atrocious like I think LeBron makes double what the entire WNBA's like funding is or something stupid like it's a crazy number yeah but like with the pwhl it's it's the same thing like they do not make they make about the same that the w like uh yeah wnba makes but the fact that they're already talking about potentially changing that as the league becomes more successful i think really does show the fact that that is something that they already know will be an issue in the future and they're willing to work on it, which is super yeah. important. I think with that, with the expansion into the women's side of this type of thing, because I know that is a huge reason why a lot of like uh, players in women's hockey quit after college because there's just not money in it. Right. And yeah. I think, I think the fact that they're finally, this is showing that they do care about that and they are going to start working on that. I think that's huge, even if it's not going to happen now. It, mm-hmm. The fact that that conversation is getting started is awesome. So we'll dive into a sport that we don't really talk about. I don't think we've ever talked about. And that's that's NCAA basketball. Um, and the reason we're talking about NCAA basketball today, we're not, not quite in March Madness, so not that yet, but we had a Duke versus Wake Forest game. And the big controversy in that game was... It was Wake Forest, upset Duke. The fans are super hyped, super excited, obviously, and they stormed the court after the win. And in that storm of the court, uh, one of Duke's players, Kyle, I don't know if I remember his last name, Filipowski, uh, he got hurt. I believe it was a knee injury, and that's kind of sparked a lot of conversation in terms of um, – is there a place for court storming in basketball? Should it be banned? I know Duke's coach was very vocal about saying, like, when are, when are we going to ban this? Um, and I don't know if I, I had the I had the exact quote of what he said here. Um, yeah, when are we going to ban court storming? Uh, like, when are we going to ban that? How many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? It's a dangerous thing. There's been a lot of debate um, in terms of what's going to happen. I think it's, it's obviously something that's hard to control, but just in terms of uh, putting all of the, like how you would actually going about doing this to the side, do you think it's something they should do in terms of banning court storming entirely? I, I've always thought as a fan, it's really cool because I mean, even growing up, I think the idea of being able to go onto the court or go on the ice, that's something that is really, really cool. For me, like, I still remember as a kid being able to play in the Saddle Dome, that being such a, such, like, a surreal, like, thing. And that's something I've always loved about basketball. And the fact that they do sort of have that. But it's when players start to get injured that you got to start thinking about it. And, I mean, Caleb, you pointed out 
this as well that this isn't the first time this has happened as a similar thing nearly happened for Caitlin Clark. I think she I don't think she missed any time from it. But it was a very like we're starting to see this happen every once in a while where like a player gets knocked over or a player runs into a fan or something happens and it's it's when stuff like this happens that kind of ruins the fun of it because you do yeah. actually have to start talking about whether or not you need to ban it. So personally I don't know if two injuries is enough for me. I think. I mean, has any other ones over the history? Like, can you think off the top of your head? I'm putting you on the spot, but that's because I don't know. I guess I don't think you follow college basketball any more than I do, so maybe I shouldn't put you on the spot. Like, I can't. No, I mean, remember that many times that this is something like this has ever happened. This feels like a very recent conversation. Like, it's not something that that's been like very controversial for a long time i feel i feel like this is a very recent conversation i'll see if i can find some more um more of the historical examples of injury but i don't know i mean in terms of in terms of um what i think about it i do think obviously when player safety starts to be in question that's something you have to look at but i think i i uh, first of all, I think it's it's too difficult to ban anyways. Like, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Like, how do you ban security? a group of thousands of... <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to need, a, you're gonna need a, a hell of a lot of security. You're going to need security around the entire... Like, a human wall of security around the entire court <laughs> if you're going to want to get that to happen. Presidential, level, like, escort-level security. For yeah. yeah, and is that necessary... And, like, people are throwing out, like, I obviously, like, you, we're kind of did, jumping on how stupid Twitter is. And to add on to that, there's, like, some people talking on Twitter about how you would actually go about doing this. And if someone completely seriously was, like, um, you lock all the doors to the stadium and you detain everybody in there. And I'm, like, whoa, that is insane. <laughs> I'm, like, you are off your rocker. But it's, like, that's kind of the only way you could, like, I mean, actually get people yeah. in trouble for that. I mean, yeah. And it's, like, that's not... <laughs> That that's infringing on like people's rights at that point. Like, like I guess it's not a it's not a crime. You're well, if it's against the rules, then it. I mean, I guess it isn't a crime. That's true. But it's, it's not, not a crime. Like, it's not I'm, a crime. It's I, just, like, what like, are you? You're gonna get to. Well, that 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 was the other thing, right? It's like they have them like detained and arrested, and it's like, okay, like, what are you gonna do? Like, and, yeah, that feels extremely expensive. Like, I mean, just it's the type of thing where once you see the crowd going out there, even if you weren't thinking of doing it, are you saying you wouldn't join the crowd? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, and I mean, I guess, like, I guess there, the is, there is the danger floor. for the... Yeah, and I mean, there's probably a point where it's like you don't even have a choice because you just kind of get in crowd pushed <laughs> um, out into there. Yeah, you know Because, I mean, it's That's a similar a kind of thing with, like, concerts where it's like... I mean, I've been to I've been to a couple of concerts where I got kind of caught up in a crowd push, and it's like I didn't necessarily want to go any closer to the stage, but here I am because people <laughs> I got shoved around enough, and now I'm like 20 feet closer than I thought I would be. Um, so I mean that that is dangerous, and I mean we've seen that in music where there's been like death because of crowd surges. So I mean that stuff, that side of it is really it's really tricky, but I do think. I don't know. I, it's the kind of situation where I think it's a really interesting debate because I don't think there's one clear answer. Because you can't, I don't think you can in practice ban it because I think it's going to happen anytime there's a big win. Um, and even if you want to ban it, I mean, 
I do think there's something that's so cool. I mean, you talked about like as a fan being there, oh, yeah. but also just the visual, the visual of it is insane too. Like, I mean, I think that's part of what's so cool. Like, I, I think it adds a lot to how big the moment is to see everybody rush the court after the game. That's how you know it's a huge deal. I mean, they do that in football too, like storming the field after a game. Like, that's kind of how you know, like, it's a big upset. It's a big win. Um, it's a very cool visual, and I do think you lose some of the culture um, by getting rid of that. Now, in terms of whether that's worth it, um, like if someone gets hurt or or worse, like then that doesn't matter as much. Like that, that doesn't matter anymore. But I don't know. I, I I think it's a really interesting one where I don't know if I really have a side to it. Like I I I think I love it as a visual, and I love it as a a part of fan culture, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. The, 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 you like you were saying, the two injuries we have now are not enough for me to be like, yeah, no, that's Bannett. Like, I don't think either Caitlin Clark or Kyle Filipowski. I don't think they either either of them missed any time. They didn't have serious injuries, but I mean, I'm not do you go preventative? Who knows? Who knows? I don't think he did. It I don't did. Think he did. It did look like the. Uh, I don't remember the name. His name off the top of my head anymore. Philip Filipowski. I think you said. Yeah. Yeah. I. I don't think. His was a lot worse than the Caitlin Clark one, and I did mention that to you beforehand. With, I remember yeah. watching that one when it happened and went like, "That was kind of that was kind of Caitlin Clark's fault." <laughs> I mean, it has been a minute since I've watched it, but I do remember thinking like, Caitlin Clark was like running across the floor and probably should have been paying attention. <laughs> like that's the difference yep. with that one. With this one, it actually was the fans that all rushing the court that kind of caused all of that where it was that's a bit different of a situation at least in my head but it's just so hard for that type of thing to be careful to make sure that no one gets hurt so that i don't even know how to do it like again to add to your point like how do you police that like how do you how do you prevent it like it's yeah that's so tough to do that i yeah no you literally you literally can't you literally can't um I don't know. I don't know. It's it's the kind of thing. It, yeah, it's it's really tough um, to make that final decision. I think it's just impossible because I mean the the thing that they're doing now is finding the schools, um, but it's not like the people who are storming the court care. <laughs> yeah, I guess you just have point. to prep. I guess you just have to prep your security or maybe prep the players, because that's the other thing. It's like normally if it's a if it's a game where a team's getting upset, you probably know. Unless it's like a buzzer beater, you probably know that there's going to be some sort of court storming. So you, you almost probably have to, like in the dying seconds of a basketball game where someone's up by 10, you can probably already just like get to the sidelines quick and get out of there. Maybe that's what you do. Yeah. Um, in terms of just like better preparing players it's for it. So, it's or so better rough. preparing. Just on the fact that it literally is, I mean, yeah, no shit, Simon. This is how stadiums are built. But like, it's everyone coming in <laughs> not like there's no yeah there's no like area that doesn't have a crowd you're gonna get like <laughs> sandwiched yeah. a little bit there which is why it's rough but... yeah there, there's pretty much no safety i so i yeah. i almost wonder because i mean fan safety is a part of it too but i almost yeah. wonder like if you have if you have security just around the athletes maybe that's another way to prevent injury there but i don't know it, it's one of those things like crowd control is almost impossible in a situation like that it's um, also the fact that there would be a drunk college kid dumb enough to try and take a run at the security to go say hi to his favorite player <laughs> like yeah 
Like, it's... there's And there'd be even worse things to come from that. It feels like trying to prevent it would just make it worse. Almost. Yeah. And when you're in a crowd, it's like... You do just kind of go with the flow. It's not like you're, like... You're not thinking rationally at that point. Like, are you really going impo- to impose fines on individual people... Because it's almost, it, it, it's very much a thing where it's like you kind of see everybody around you doing it, so you go for it. That's kind of the thing. If you're in row five, you're going to go because rows one through four have already gone. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, huh? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting thing. I, I am curious to see what they do to try and get rid of it. That's for sure. I do not have a solution. Yeah. That is. And it'll be interesting idea. to see if it pops up in March Madness. Oh, because God, there's going to, it's it March Madness, there's going to there's gonna be an upset at some point obviously so it'll be it'll be interesting to see and hopefully nobody gets hurt i mean that's always the big thing it's like you want fan safety you want player safety hopefully nobody gets hurt um but i do think banning it is probably a step too far like i I, like i just don't think i don't think it's it's practical and i don't think um i don't know how much it solves because i don't think people would go along with it and i don't know that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts on it i don't know if you have anything else to add Nope, I think you hit it pretty well there. I think I, yeah, I don't even know what they're trying to do by saying they want to ban it. It just feels like the NCAA being dumb. So I think... Are they them just trying to do damage control? I guess, yeah. No, I guess. It's just, it's, yeah, how do you even, how do you even do anything? I, I do think the idea of giving, like, some sort of protection to the players... It's probably the smartest thing you could do, but past that, like, what else? Past that, like, what else could you do? Yeah. Like, throw out, like, it, you'd have to have literally every single front row seat given to a security person, and even then it wouldn't be enough. Yeah. They're they still going to be outnumbered 100 to 1. Yeah. Well, there you go. Right? It's, it not, there's no way. And then imagine yeah. the spectacle on TV as well. That would make the NCAA look bad if they had. 100 security guards just between. beating the crap out of people in the front row who are trying to storm the crow yeah like it would it would not be a pretty look either for them even if it is the rule yeah so in honor of the fact that we never talk about the mlb it felt right to talk about the most interesting thing to happen in the offseason not with otani at the front of it is the fact that the mlb apparently has see-through pants despite being with billions and billions of dollars they apparently are having uniform issues which is absolutely hilarious and the most nfl or mlb thing ever so for anybody who hasn't heard about all of this basically the mlb sort of decided to change things up going into the season with how they design their uniforms as a whole with smaller numbers fabric that i guess is lighter they changed like i think like the tone of the white to like eggshell which is not something i know what that means at all but you know like and it's apparently led to a lot of complaints from players and fans alike about how the uniforms look amateur-ish as well as apparently having see-through pants that have led to some very funny photos that i will let you google at your own whim but I think, uh, Caleb, I'm, I'm curious. I don't even know where to start off here. But it's it's an interest. What do you think about a billion-dollar company not being able to give their uniforms? <laughs> like, well, I mean, their... I mean, it's like... <laughs> I think from, from everything that I've heard about it, 
um, is that the, the the big change is that the jerseys are now being manufactured by Fanatics, I believe, yeah. is the big yeah, change. And I mean, Fanatics has a pretty terrible reputation in terms of being just the most cheaply made garbage piece of the garbage jersey. Like they look up, they look like knockoffs. And the reason that these leagues go with Fanatics is because they're cheap. And it, it, it's such a it's such a cheap and cheap thing, and it's such a cop out. And I, I I just think it's completely embarrassing. And I think that the big the the pants is the funny one because yeah. I mean I, again... I found a really good photo that doesn't really show anything. That's a lot better than the ones I was seeing before. There you go. That gives you a pretty good idea of what you're working with. Yeah. So you can you can pretty much see through. Like I like I mean obviously there's still a layer, a layer of fabric in the way, but it's like. I don't know. No, it there's was, some that are a lot worse than what I think. That's the shirt. <laughs> I think that's the shirt that's blocking it. It's the yeah. the, the shirt being tucked in. Like it's that Which gives is, you that's an not idea. a good look. No, it's a really bad look because this is not something that any other leagues really deal with. Like I can't even think of an example. Like sure, NHL occasionally well, gets complaints just because sometimes their jerseys suck, but like. Past their that. jerseys are also being made by fanatics now aren't yeah, they I think or they're so. shifting to fanatics Something i don't bad. i don't think i don't know if they uh have actually gone through with that yet but i know it was it was happening or going to happen um so so yeah starting in 2024 beginning next season so so the nhl might like be having some similar issues it's just like they look so much worse, not even the pants. They, they because just look, they just look, look cheap. <laughs> they do look cheap. I don't know. I mean, even the switch from, I don't remember who, who had it before. Because um, that was Nike, the, the NHL before. No, Adidas. Adidas was. I, it was Adidas, I think it was Nike yeah. and then Adidas. No, I think it, it was Nike was, and then Adidas. It, was before, even the, it wasn't Nike, it was Reebok. Oh. Yes, there was Reebok. And yeah. the Reebok jerseys felt a lot. The Reebok jersey nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a Reebok, Reebok jersey and it was yeah. a lot it was a lot nicer and it felt a lot more like premium for the price that I was paying. Oh, absolutely. Even than the Adidas jerseys. And the Adidas jerseys aren't even bad. Like they're still no. pretty high quality. But even like, like just when looking at fanatics, it's like like is this really what we've come to for a major pro sport? Like two out of the four major pro sports leagues getting manufactured by fanatics. It's just a total cheap out, it's a total cop out. Um it doesn't make like I feel like the jerseys are the one thing because it's not only for the players, it's also for the fans. I, I, I it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I hope that the MLB gets this fixed because players have been complaining left and right. Like every single team in the league has been complaining about how cheap these jerseys look and the issues with the pants and the numbers. Hopefully, they like, get it sorted do, out. Like, and the numbers, yeah. Yeah, the fact that the numbers are smaller is pissing off a lot of people. Like, there's a it lot of things. Look, it looks terrible. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah. it's an odd, it's an odd change to something that was already kind of working, and I know it's not like these big leagues are necessarily unknown to cheaping out for really no reasons, but it's just like, for this one, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, in this photo right here, it doesn't actually look that bad, but I've seen some photos that have been, that I was actually trying to find that are just brutal. Like, it is, yeah. it is really terrible, the fact that, like, like it's a billion dollar company. <laughs> it's yeah, and in, in that photo you show it doesn't look bad because it's not compared to what they used to be. I think yeah. that's when the and I just hope this doesn't become the new normal. I, I hope that uh, 
there's still can be some sort of standard in terms of what jerseys are looking like. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's very dis, dis, disheartening to yeah. see to see this development. I, I don't know if I have that much more to say on it other than it's just like, come on. This is something that matters. Oh, absolutely. And to cheap out on this, it, I don't know. I, it's it's just odd the fact that they i don't understand why like these leagues cheap out on jerseys when that's such a huge port part they're of the a multi-billion dollar like yeah like you make so much money off of them i get it if you're just trying to make it like oh here's one this one's a really good example of it actually one sec let me get this on the screen before we finish up here but like like this that one that or it's not enough. I wish we saw more of the number here, but like, look at the size of that name. <laughs> like, yeah. that's so weird. It's so whack. Like, there's so much open space on that jersey. <laughs> it just doesn't look right. Yeah, it just looks. It's just, yeah, no, it just looks bad. Like, there's no other really thing to add here, which is why I didn't even know where to start with this one because it's just like. Yeah, shocker. We both think it looks ass. Next segment. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of just how this one is, because there's not... It's like, why? Why would you do that? It's weird, yeah. because even, like, looking at the NHL, like, the jerseys they have on the field, like, sure, the stuff that they... Uh, that fans have bought has been bad, and that's been the complaint, but the stuff that we see on the ice looks good. For the most part, it looks good. For, for this for this year for once this... it gets to next year oh when fanatics takes over oh is that what it is oh never mind i'm done yeah my bad well looking forward to that Ugh. that's a 10 year deal in the nhl too 10 years yeah oh my god that's brutal how long is the mlb's that's a good question. Yeah, no, I... Also, also 10 years. Oh, my God. Also 10 oh, years. my God. What are these leagues doing? This is like... Oh, Caleb, you're not going to get this at all. Actually, no, this is nowhere as bad as the UFC Reebok deal. But uh, it's it's almost like that levels to me where it's just like... You're just making the sport as a whole look like shit for a bit more yeah, money. Yeah, it looks it, it looks amateur. It does. Like, it just looks bad. I don't know. Well, it's just bad. Whatever. Next outro. All right. Thank you everybody for watching this week. Uh if you enjoyed what you saw, make sure to check us out. We are everywhere YouTube uh twitter instagram tiktok all that good stuff if you like listening to us but not seeing our faces which is fair uh we're on fresh network that's in apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast just look up fresh take oh, network yeah down there the, the, well, the yeah there we go um, <laughs> no i know it's a little bit harder for you it's, it's right here for me um but yeah look 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 up fresh take network um we're a part of that feed you just scroll through their feed, find Trick Play, and then you can listen to some of their other stuff too. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for shoutouts. Or no, that's not it for shoutouts. I'm starting the shoutouts now. Yeah, we're starting with shoutouts. I need more fucking sleep. I know. Um, Ain't that how it is? <laughs> 
Anyway, my shadow for this week, I didn't have like the best shadow for this week, but this I still feel like this guy, he seems to be having a hard time, and I feel like I just gotta give him give him a little pat on the back with a trick play shout-out. I know it'll make him feel better. I know he listens. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and that's Damian Lillard. Um, this poor guy, he he, he talks about, he, he goes on the record saying that he feels really lonely in Milwaukee, and he doesn't have much of a life, and he basically just like feels really sad because he'll go home and and watch YouTube, um, and yeah, yeah, he said, he's, he he's said, bro, I chance. go, yeah, bro, I go to practice, go home, watch boxing, play video games, man, I type in fight tape on YouTube a hundred times, and I'm, and I'm praying for something new to be on there, uh, and then this, like, I, I feel like it just got, like, so blown out of proportion, where everybody's, like, clowning on him, I feel bad for him, like, I don't know, like, I think it's, I think it's impressive that he's at least he's, he's being honest and open about that. I think yeah. that's super cool. Like props, props to Dame for being able to like talk about that. I think that's that's super cool. And shame on the people who are like making fun oh, of absolutely. him for being lonely. No, I, I think I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like a weird. It's a weird kind of I don't know. I I did I will say it was a weird headline. It's it a weird a, headline. I was gonna say it's a weird headline. While trying to find the image that we just put up on the screen, I read one that was like somebody clowning on Lillard for even coming out and saying this by like saying the comment of like, "You're making four hundred thousand dollars a day for forty-eight minutes of work," which kind of made me laugh a little. But like, I I do agree with you. It's it's you don't want to make fun of anybody for mental health stuff. Like that's that's very important, no matter how much money you make a minute, I guess. But yeah, like. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, it it is it is definitely it was definitely a weird article to to read. It's a it's a weird headline and a weird story, and I, it it just kind of feels like what? weird that it got the amount of publicity that it did, and that kind of feels gross. So I don't know. I just want to like pat him on the back and say like props to you, buddy. Yeah. Like good good job for coming out. And I, he even posted on his Instagram story to say like, why the hell is this like gotten this much attention as it is? He's like, it's not that like, it's it's not that deep. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's like it, it got blown out of proportion. I feel bad for the guy. I'll give him a little, give him a little trick play shout out. Yeah, I know he needs it. Yeah. As for my shout out, I don't even. My my whole weekend was a complete confusing mess because it was very long. It was about thirty hours worth of work over three days, which was very fun. But um, I did the ACAC curling championship. I did play by play for the entire thing, and it was a great time. But uh, at the end of the entire thing, I or on it was on the last day before the gold medal for I the I was calling the men's game, not the women's. We had a different team on the women's game, but one of the teams playing in the women's, which was the Concordia Thunder, which if you are not from Calgary, that means nothing to you. But um, the their women's team came over to where we were, me and. Uh, the color commentator that I was working with, Reese Tenhove, were both sitting and eating lunch, came over and gave us their broom heads for their curling brooms. So now I have this. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, it, which was a very, very cool thing. I have never been given anything like this. I have a few things from, like, a couple of the games I've called, but that's definitely one of the cooler ones because I don't know how many times I'll get the chance to call curling. <laughs> it's definitely one yeah. of those unique opportunities where you don't know how many times that's going to happen. And now I've got that. So obviously I don't think this will ever reach any of them, but like 
if for whatever reason anybody on that team sees it thank you that was really really cool i i know it meant a lot to a lot of the curlers to get that sort of attention because i know at least in the acac they do not get broadcasted very much so um i it was a very very cool experience and i was very happy to be able to do it so yeah that's my shout out thank you concordia's uh female curling team as that was a very very nice thing to do nice nice that's a good story that is a good nice story. <laughs> nice how was okay. how was how was calling how was calling curling what do you call for curling like that how do you question, i have been asked that question so much in the last week you have no idea but it was like how do you commonly curling <laughs> <laughs> it was very different me both me and reese have worked a lot together mainly on hockey and generally Obviously, there's a play-by-play, and there's a color. That's how it is, right? With curling, it was a lot more 50-50, which was nice. It was a lot lot of talking about nothing, and it was a lot of, like, trying to fill the air. But that was also fun as well. I I will say I did have a good time. Overall, it was a very, very – it was very, very interesting. It was very new to me. But by the end of the weekend, I think I had it figured out, and it was – I had a lot of fun doing it. It's – it's definitely harder than a lot of other sports, which I don't know if that would surprise you too much, but I no that that, that does surprise me. I mean, there's not a lot going on. Well, and it's more of a it's more of a strategic game than anything else. It's not like there's fast paced yes, action going true. from end to end. That is true. It, there was a lot of strategy to it. When and when I I am not exactly the brightest curling mind as someone who has not done <laughs> done or watched a lot of curling in my life, but uh, it was. I personally, whenever I've been given the opportunity to call sports that I don't know a lot about, I've always enjoyed it because it's very, very cool to be able to have a reason to learn about it. Like, never in my life would I think that I would need to understand all of these different rules with curling. And now I do. And that's very, very nice to me, at at the very least. Like, it's, it's one of those things where, like... I, I don't necessarily know if I would go out of my way to watch curling in the rest of my life, but now I know what it would be like if I wanted to, and I would understand it if it was on a TV, which is very, very cool. And yeah. was neat. And that's something that I just have now. So it, it was one yeah. of those experiences, and I'm very thankful to be able to work for a lot of the companies I get to work with to be given a lot of these opportunities. But, yeah, no, I th- this was one that I don't think I'll forget for a while because it was very, very, very cool. And although, yeah, I don't know how much more I have to add on that, but, uh, yeah, watch, Play, watch playoff for, times uh, around that here are always fun jumping from one sport to another. So, oh yeah. Watch for trick plays curling centric podcast next oh, week. Five segments all about curling. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> or instead, <laughs> Tune in next about, week. you know what, actually, third shout out here this is not relevant to anybody outside of the calgary ish area but but if you have the opportunity or and are in the area the airdrie curling club has like the best cafe in existence <laughs> food really it okay. is so good <laughs> it is i don't know if i want to go to i don't know if i, I don't know if i want to go all the way up to i airdrie, know i am know caleb caleb i'm gonna be thinking about it for a long time now and it's really like what you what you get what you get so the first day the first day i got a 
Oh, I'm trying to remember the order. I do remember what I got, though. I got a poutine, and I got a breakfast sandwich, and that breakfast sandwich was the best breakfast sandwich I have ever Uh had. I'm not a breakfast sandwich guy. Really? I don't know if I'd, like... I got a chicken burger, which was heaven. Okay. And then I got... chicken burger, that would... Yeah, I... One of... One of uh, one of my coworkers got a the taco poutine, which apparently was incredible, mm. <laughs> and like it was. I will say that is that is the that is the next that is my third shout. Go check them out. I think they have a food truck. All right, all right. <laughs> I actually do think they have a food truck. First ever, first ever Airdrie shout out on a podcast ever. Yeah, <laughs> first ever might be last ever. Shout Probably last year. Shout out Airdrie. It's, it's a pretty <laughs> cool place. I don't actually remember the name of the cafe off the top of my head, but go check it out. Alright, thanks for watching. Subscribe everywhere so that I can buy more San Pellegrinos. And, um, I don't know if we have anything else. Is there anything else happening? Not really. Yep, go subscribe. Follow us everywhere. We have stuff on TikTok, Instagram, all that. Twitter, all that. Go yell at someone. See you next week, probably.